Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. This is Dr. Dan. Politically, this is the year of the outsider. This is the year of the anti-establishment candidate. Does anyone listening to me wonder why? The answer to that question is obvious. It has become painfully apparent to all of us that the establishment Democrats are absolutely no different from the establishment Republicans. They all want the same thing. They want to remain in power so they can feather their own nest, and that is exactly what they're doing. We have an unholy alliance between large money people, the banks, the international bankers, who have tons and tons of money. There's an unholy alliance between them and between the political establishment and it's a, that perfect marriage of money on the part of the bankers and power, the lust for power on the part of the, po- the political establishment. They want to keep things the way they are so they can control the earth. And that is why this year there are so many angry people running around our country. They're angry because they don't like that constellation. They don't like that amalgam of power that is anti-individual freedom, anti-property rights, and goes against everything that our founding fathers gave to us in our Constitution. My guest is Robert Brawley. Robert Brawley is running in the Republican primary for governor of the state of North Carolina. That primary is March 15th. Robert Brawley is an anti-establishment candidate. He has served in the North Carolina legislature on several times for a number of years, with distinction, I might add. He's from Iridell County. He went to North Carolina State University. And interestingly enough, he was an ACC wrestling champion. And we hope he gets into office and he can do some wrestling up there and protect our rights. He's also been a successful businessman, and as we all know, if you've never written a paycheck to anybody, how can you possibly know how to run the finances of a government? And so, it is my pleasure today to welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum, Robert Brawley, candidate for governor of North Carolina. Good afternoon, Doc. It's a pleasure to have you here Robert Brawley, and I'd like to start off by asking you just to start off by telling me what is the basic philosophy of your campaign? Why are you running? Well, as you already stated, I, I did 
I have spent 20 years in the North Carolina House of Representatives. I got involved because my wife and I were sitting home one night complaining about how the government was intruding in our lives, trying to tell us what to do, taking away our liberties. And, and in effect, I thought eliminating our Christian values from what traditional American values have been. So I got involved. I've been working hard at it, and I've got involved in this political in this race for governor because North Carolina, under the control of Republicans, is still moving away from the traditional American values of honesty, integrity, and transparency in government. They like to do things behind closed doors. That they, they well, in an article in the paper about guy says I get twelve thousand dollars of political campaign. I expect something in return, so he gets a three million dollar maintenance contract when the Department of Prison said it could be done for $2 million. That's just not right. Well, you know, uh, you mentioned Christian values, and that obviously is very important. And the reason it resonates so much with our listeners and with our uh, the people in our state and in so many people in our nation is because the founders of this country, that is the, those are the same values that they used to write our Constitution. Christian values. That's where our Constitution came from. It has been very encouraging to me as I've traveled across this state. I actually get applause when I say I'm running. If for no other reason, I feel like as as an elected official, I can put put Christian values back into practice. We all have a moral compass of some type or another. This nation was based on that moral compass being the Christian values. And we were, we became the greatest nation on earth while following those values. And now, as we get away from those values, we have little holes being punched in with an exception here and an exception there. And as we have those little holes punched in it, we're going down as a nation. We've got to, we've got to go back up. We've got to share with each other, help each other, work together and build each other up. You know, when you mention Christian values, and this is a common misconception in the in the public, you're, when you mention Christian values, people mistake mistakenly think that you're referring to a specific set of religious rites, or a religious rite, or or a specific church. But really, when you come right down to it, Christian values is about right and wrong. It's about morality. And it's about the fact that there is actual morale. There is actual right and wrong. There's there's black and there's white. There's there's right and wrong. There's actual morality, and it serves the purpose of the liberal progressives to erase that black and white morality, that division line, because then they can get away with a whole bunch of stuff that we, as moral individuals, don't want to have happen. Biggest mistake we've made in America, and it looks like in the world, is buying into this concept: do your own thing. Yeah, you, know, you you can do your own thing and still have society if you do it within Christian values. But if you do your own thing and there's no set of moral, there's no moral compass, there's no guidelines out there. But I'm doing my own thing. We, we you have chaos, anarchy. Well, that's exactly right, and, and I'm so I'm so proud that you 
you state that so clearly that when you speak, you state that that is such a huge plus uh, in your favor. Uh, you have to come right out and state that you cannot be afraid to hide behind it because without that morality, without that ability to distinguish between right and wrong, then this this country, when it loses its moral compass, it does not adhere to the rule of law. And, and every society has some type of moral compass, and, and we, we are getting away from it. That's the reason I got into politics. It's the reason I stay in politics. And I'm running for governor now. So you stand for honesty, integrity, and transparency in government. How does that translate into what you're going to do uh, when you get elected? Well, uh, we, we pick a couple of issues. The toll roads up in our area. Uh, everybody, I've been a lot of places that talk about it being a local issue. Transparency, that's not a local issue. DOT in 2013 told me they planned on tolling every interstate in North Carolina. Now, why didn't the public know about that? That's the kind of transparency. That should come out. When you start making those kinds of changes, you need to tell people so they can have input before it's too late. Uh, to me, that's just fair. Well, of course, I mean, that's, that is fair. Uh, and, and fairness is obviously very important. But, you know, I have to tell you, uh, Robert Brawley, that even sometimes when you know about these things, there's this general feeling that what difference does it make? I can't do anything about it anyway. I'd go at it, I use the same thing, but I word it a little bit differently. If I don't try, I don't have any reason, I don't have any right to complain. <laughs> so I, I've, I've never come up against a situation that I felt like I just couldn't do anything about it. And I'm, I'll go back, I do use my religion. Uh, I figure if God supports me, I can do about anything. If I find out I can't make it, Maybe he didn't mean for me to go in that direction to start with. But if we've got to try. Everything we, everything out there is an opportunity. So we've got to try. So let's talk about the toll road. I mean, that is a, that's a, that's a big deal. Uh, I mean, I drive, when I drive all over the place, I don't, I don't pay any tolls here. And, uh, I don't know what would happen if I suddenly come up against a, a toll booth. I'd say, my God, how did that thing get here? Well, I, I, I would have to say up front, I, I am not totally uh, against using a toll road at times because there have been situations within the United States where toll roads have been used and they help pay for things that uh, infrastructure that you wouldn't have otherwise. But in this case, that toll road up there, well, the things I look at started at the bottom, the foundation. The toll road itself will not even be designed to carry tractor trailer trucks. And that's an interstate highway. And our nation, our state depends on trucking for commerce. Okay? So we can't have trucks on it. Now, the, the road itself will be turned over to a foreign company. They are given the right to design, 
field, collect the money, and keep it, and tell us how much it costs. Uh, uh, that's so one-sided. I don't see how North Carolina can pay that side of the contract. Uh, we'll, we will spend over the next uh, 50 years $13 billion out of our economy to Spain if that contract stays in place like it is now. And they can adjust, fluctuate the tolls based on the amount of traffic on the road. Uh, everything is loaded in, in favor of the entities building a road. And the worst part about it, the people who are supporting the toll road had a consultant tell them back in 2009 that at that time, for less than $100,000, they could have solved the problem for nothing. Less than a hundred billion dollars. I'm sorry, for less than a hundred billion dollars, they could solve the problem for the next twenty five years. For less than a hundred million dollars, now contracts start off at four hundred fifty million. It's already up to six hundred fifty million, and they really hadn't done much. So what you're saying is, this is a, a program that is already in place and already going forward to privatize, isn't it privatizing several lanes of an interstate? It's not really the whole width of an interstate, as I understand it. Is that correct? Well, the the whole road will be turned over to the folks for maintenance. But they will have total control of the inside lanes uh, and uh, they won't actually have ownership. They have total control. So this is one of those public-private partnerships that we that we hear about, where the taxpayers right. have the liability but not the control, uh, right. which of course that's is a bad true. situation. That's taxation without representation, yeah. in my book. I uh, total. I think it is. And when you talk about public-private partnerships, the public. I'll start at the beginning, Robert. The private sector, I do think, is more efficient than public entities. They're more efficient because they have competition, but they also have a profit motive. Now, when you start turning government operations over to the private sector, everybody says, oh, the private sector can do it cheaper. They're more efficient. They're more efficient. They're more efficient. Yes, but you're leaving out part of the equation. In the private sector, there is obvious competition. When you turn a, a government entity or government service over to a contractor, it's a monopoly. And this profit motive is still there. And if you think our government services are expensive with the government operating them, wait till someone with a profit motive and a monopoly is operating them. Right. I can it's see where, get, yeah, I can see where that's a recipe for, for a problem, isn't it? it it's it, it, it's an issue that had better be addressed. It's not just, it, the private sector is not just an efficiency machine that guarantees efficiency just because it's a private sector. Well, it is, I mean, from a historical point of view, there's no question that private Private corporations and private individuals are, are much more efficient than, than virtually any government entity. 
I mean, uh, I would, no, uh, one, no, one, no one can disagree with that. Uh, uh, some of the greatest things we have were developed because of the competition in the marketplace. And really, that, that is what the point is. The golden age yeah. of America, the 19th century, that was yeah. all there was, was free market competition. And that's why we, our economy blossomed in, in the 19th century. That was right. laissez-faire. No one was telling anybody what to do. That's when the profit motive spurred on economic development. And, and while you're not telling anybody what to do, if I might go on to a subject, everybody wants the economy to grow. I think there are two things. I'm, I'm from Iredell County. Iredell County is leading us. The state, uh, one of the recognized in the nation, for their economic growth and what's going on there. There are two things I contributed to. One, they've got an educational system where as much as possible, the superintendent tells the teachers, it's your classroom, you teach, and get your children ready for the next grade. And they've got it out They're known. Ardell County is known for its quality education. They've also got one other quality that you cannot pass into law. They're known for working together. The Chamber of Commerce works with the town council. They work with the town, uh, with the county commission. They work with the local school board. The county commissioners work with the town council. They work with the chamber. They work with the citizens. Everybody works together. I've had businesses coming into Mooresville. I said, why did you come? They said, well, we were so impressed by the way everybody worked together for the good of the community. Not the individual, but the community. Well, that's obviously an enormous positive, uh, and I and I think that a lot of times, you know, working together is used as kind of a, kind of a catchphrase. Uh, but people, a lot of people who say that are not really, really wanting to work together. They're saying, "Let's work together and do it my way." Well, that's not working together, is it? But in Idaho County, they truly work together. The campaign slogan. My first campaign slogan was together with the And in Idaho County, they do truly work together. There have been, occasionally you'll have somebody that wants to stand up and beat the chest and say, hey, I brought so-and-so into Idaho County. Well, everybody knows there was a, they might have had a hand in it. But when you stand up and brag like that, everybody that helps you will not help you the next time around. So they know that when you say, hey, we brought this business into Iredale County, then they know that next time we are going to do it again. Well, I think that's one of the most important parts of working together is to acknowledge that you did work together. I mean, without that acknowledgement, it's as if... You did everything by yourself, which is really, as you said, it's and, not a good thing. And if I might go back to the beginning, of, you know, it, that is a Christian value that we do it together and we take pride in each other. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. Freedom.